0: Episode of Hiring Humans. Today we have our guest Louis Grenier. He is the content lead of Hotjar and also the creator of Everyone Hates Marketers. Welcome to the show, Louis.
1: Thanks for having me. Hi.
0: <laughs> so before we go into the career related questions, I have a big one for you. What are you most proud of outside of your career?
1: Outside of my career? Like outside of work, yeah, um I think to have a a wife that I can rely on, like having s- finally met someone who can put up with me and having a family that I'm very proud of as well like i I didn't really choose the family side, but I chose which member i I want to interact the most with, so <laughs> those are the two biggest
0: great, so. Tell us a little bit about your your career. How did you, like, where did you start? What did you study? How did you end up becoming a content lead at Hotjar? What's your market, what's your journey as a marketer? Uh,
1: so it's, are you ready for a long answer? Because mm-hmm. it really deserves a bit of detail and context. So I didn't start, I didn't study, like, typical French person would study marketing and be hired in Paris in a in a startup or a big company. I, I wasn't supposed to be in marketing, so originally in high school, where I really started to have an idea of the type of stuff I wanted to, know, to, to do, I wanted to build wind turbines, right? And that's just because I was obsessed with like ecology like my mom was, because I was following what my mom was doing. So I wanted to build wind turbines. And so at the end of high school, when it came to like choosing where I wanted to go, I naturally followed like the path of where can I study how to make wind turbines? So I did a, sco- a, me- a mechanical school of engineering, which is a which is a, a handful. And so I, I I passed an exam. I went to the south of Paris for a year, for two years, um, which called a city called Orleans, which is an hour from Paris, and um, studied there for two years, and I was. From day one I was like, what the fuck did I just do? Like, it was just... I couldn't understand any of it.
0: This will be our explicit result. Yeah,
1: or you can beat me as much as you want. But like, what the fuck did I just do? I'm going to say it again so it's even more difficult to edit. <laughs> um, because I, I just didn't understand it. Uh, there was a lot of talk about like... Um, um, you know, the, the, the fluid uh, science and like how fluids goes like in pipes and like all of the stuff that you need to study to understand wind turbines, but it was mostly around car engines rather than wind turbines and I nobody told me that, but mm. I just, and my classmates were like fan uh, car fanatics and all of that. Anyway, long story short, uh, after the second year, my challenge was actually to study abroad in the US. So I managed to do that in, in the School of Engineering and then when I landed in Wichita, Kansas, I went, I was so further lost than I ever thought I would be. Like mm-hmm. you wouldn't imagine. So obviously the courses were in English and the level were like that high. And I was just, I couldn't understand any of it and I hated it. But in the meantime, what started to happen is I, out, I hung out with my uh, older brother quite a lot. At that time, I was 18, 19. And I found a book on his bookshelf that I started reading when I was staying over uh which in french is le petit traité de manipulation les gens which basically is the persuasion uh, book from chalini yeah. but in a french way so basically about much,
0: much longer it's like
1: yeah it's it it means the little treaty of manipulation for honest people that's what it stands for and so all the principles that I read in the book was like, you know, the foot in the door principle and all of those principles about like basic psychology. And I fell in love with this book. I was like, Mm. wow, this is so fucking interesting, right? Because this is always something I had in my head, like the way I was functioning as a kid, trying to understand how people thought and trying to make them do what I wanted them to do. And, you know, that was always ingrained in my character, but I never really made the connection. And the second thing that happened in high school going back to high school was I was really into the internet stuff like at the time it was you know the early 2000s and um, internet speed wasn't that high and all of that I used to hack my internet connection to make it faster and also used to create forums uh, to take the piece out of my friends and to mock other people at the time there was no Facebook as well, so. I was playing with internet a lot, I was on internet a lot, and on the other side I was super interested with psychology. Mm-hmm. And those two collided when I was lost in mechanical engineering. And I had a ha moment in Wichita at the, during the third year where I, where I was like, this is, this is it, this is what I need to do, I need to do digital marketing.
0: And this became digital marketing. Yeah. Me.
1: So then I left my school of engineering. I did one year in a business school in France, a, a, an average business school uh, in my hometown. And at the end of the third year, um, the first year, at the end of the first year of, of business, I was supposed to do an internship abroad. And that's when I landed in, um, in Dublin, eight years ago at this stage. And so I did an internship for Renault, a car manufacturer, which mm-hmm. they got interested in me because I had I studied mechanical engineering, right? <laughs> um, and I just did business stuff for a few years. And through, through being in Dublin, I got, um, got a chance to start working in marketing. Um, after doing a study, after doing a quick diploma in digital marketing um, here a few years ago. And that's when I really started my career in marketing. So as you can see, it wasn't the textbook uh, career. I definitely like lost myself a few times. It was really tough mentally. Uh, I have to admit that I think during those years, I don't think it was depression, but it was really, really bad. Like I was in really bad state mentally because I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm. And only when I really took a step back and realized what, I really, what really energized me did I start to understand uh, what I really wanted to do. So but it took me a while. Um, and yeah, I'm finally through it now. I know what I want to do in my but Is this
0: where, when you started the, the consultancy? Because you had a digital marketing consultancy for a
1: while. Yeah, so a bit of timeline. Uh, when I started in Renault, Uh, As the first internship in in Ireland, I stayed there. I was supposed to stay uh, for only four months, but I managed to get hired as a project manager for two years. Uh, I wasn't doing marketing, I was just doing business Mm -hmm. stuff. Then I got hired uh, full-time in Renault to replace my former boss, and I was doing basically network relations, like network uh, the car car dealerships uh, Mm -hmm. kind of relations. And that's when I took the diploma in digital marketing in the meantime to find a real marketing job. So I got hired uh, for two years in a mobile marketing startup. I started as a digital marketer who knew nothing. Uh, and I got hi- I got promoted a few times, you know, like how it is in startups as a kind of head of marketing. But I still didn't know anything. Like, I mean, there was no changes. I, I had no clue what I was doing for two years. And after two years, I said, fuck it, I'm going to create a business, which was another stupid... like. Uh, not a stupid thing. I think I learned a lot, but definitely if I had to do it again, I would do it differently. So that's when I started the consulting.
0: But this is how your podcast was born. In yes, the of the but
1: it was born out of the death of the consulting business, like a, as a Phoenix, uh, that was the Phoenix, you know, that, that kind of was born through the,
0: tell us a little bit about the podcast and how it actually relates to you joining Hunter.
1: Yeah. So. At the end of this consulting business, I was burning out. Um, I was working—I don't know how many hours a week—but my brain was working 24 hours a day. So at this stage, I had emails on my phone, social media on my phone. I was checking that every day, uh, weekends included. I was trying to answer to my clients as fast as possible, and we were struggling to—I was struggling to make ends meet because of the because of the fact I had no clue what I was doing, again. So towards the end, I had a few employees at this stage. We were all working remotely. And towards the end, I don't know how it came about, but I started to I organized a small event called uh, Bootstrapping Works in Dublin. I organized two events there and uh, about bootstrapping and how to, how to make a business without outside money, which was my situation. So I managed to have like 50, 60 people in a room in the Chamber of Commerce there. And I, I interviewed a, uh, a founder the first time, the founder of Forrest, Ronan Percival, who's a it's a SaaS company that sells um, solutions for, for beauty salons. Mm-hmm. And the second one was a marketing consultant, email McCormack. And um, what happened was quite nice. Uh, it was quite a nice surprise. At the end of the first event, a lot of people actually came to me after and said, I love the way you ask the questions. I love the way you interview them. I love the way... Um, you know, you, you ask questions I never heard before and so they got quite entertained. And then I realized at this time actually, you know what, I might be good at interviewing people. So instead of doing on like in-person interviews, I started to be to inter- just starting to interview people on Skype, like just people I admired, and I realized actually people love to talk about themselves. They love to, to they do tend to accept invitations like this. Uh, when you be nice and you can grow a network fast and also create content just like this, right? Because to me, it, like, it, it was so energizing. Mm-hmm. And that was the main thing. It was energizing for me. It was kind of a break from the day-to-day grind of the business that I was struggling in. And interviewing smarter people than I was um, was kind of an escape to that. And so originally, it wasn't the plan to do a podcast.
0: So it was kind of by experimenting, you discovered... Where you feel in your element?
1: I didn't feel like you know what this this morning, Louis. You're gonna experiment. It was more like following my guts that led me to like basically following stuff that I was energized by.
0: Do you think any wannabe or uh, existing marketer <coughs> should be following their gut?
1: That's a very leading question, Vassy. Uh, absolutely, they should. Uh, absolutely, and and this is it's quite difficult to listen to your guts when you're very busy and when you're like your brain is working 24 hours a day, nonstop. What I would recommend to do there is to do, to start doing some stuff of like morning pages, for example, so writing 750 words every morning of just nothing, just write thoughts? what you have in your Yeah, your thoughts in your head. Because that prevents, that that lets your brain goes um, off the, the stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. And then after one or two page, do your brain start to think a bit more deeply mm-hmm. and start realizing stuff. So to follow your guts, you need to really be at with yourself or at least let your guts tell you some stuff. But the way to recognize what energizes you and what your guts are telling you is basically yes, what energizes you? What after doing it, how do you feel more energetic or do you feel less energetic? Mm-hmm. And if you if you feel less energetic after, then it's probably something you should avoid doing. And that's how I knew, like that's how I knew like interviewing people is actually So much more interesting than running a business. So it's it's a
0: great advice because, like, if you if you look at marketing, there are so many things you can focus on, so many aspects of it. So it's not. It's rarely any marketer is interested in all of it. So you have to do the the self reflection to pick your area or few areas. So when when did you join Hotjar?
1: Uh, How did
0: you? go from a podcast to Hotjar, and and the podcast is still going.
1: Yeah, so we are recording this in November 2018, so it's been a year and a half, so I think I joined in March of 2017, Mm -hmm. so that's an interesting story. So, after I started to do a few Skype interviews, I realized, hold on a second, actually, I can do something out of that, I can do a podcast. So. I just started to think of an idea behind a podcast while I still had the business. And I remember going on Slack in a few Slack communities and ask, you know, I want to do this podcast and what? how do you think I should call it? And actually a random person that I didn't know before actually came up with the name. I just want to make a, just a quick thing about the concept as well. So this is something that Everyone Has Marketers, which is basically a no bullshit podcast, talking about marketing the way it should be, practical, actionable, and all of that, without all the fluff, Um, that wasn't that easy to come by as an idea. I think it's something that nurtured in my head from the very start of this book that I started to read, which was always about understanding people so well that you can give them what they want when they want it. Mm -hmm. And that carried with me, so when I had my mobile marketing startup experience, a lot of stuff we were doing were a bit sleazy, you know, like hacking Google like in order to be on the first page. And yeah. I always feel de okay about it. I hated it. And also all of those shitty offers you see online, on the TV ads, I always hated any of that. Uh, and I'm a very contrarian person as well. So anything I see too many people doing, I start to say, this is bullshit. There must be another way. Yeah. And so this idea of like everyone hates marketers, that sounds like a good idea that was like, oh my God, you had such a nice idea one day. No, it's actually maybe took me seven, eight years to mature to the point that I had the name, I had the concept, and I felt like very strong about it. So now we have 100 episodes recorded. But the reason why I joined Hotjar was because I was using Hotjar, which is a kind of a customer experience tool um, for my clients and my consulting. And I, was, I admired them quite a lot because they were very transparent. Their CEO was very transparent, sharing their mistakes and lesson learned. And that's something I really like in marketing. People just admit their fucking mistake instead of just trying to look like they are mm-hmm. the business or, any, or anything like this. So um, I sent him an email. I sent the CEO, David Darmanin, an email and said, hey, I'd love to have you on my podcast. So we had a good chat. It was a really good interview. I was really happy with it. It was one of the first ones. And then he sent me an email a few days after saying, "Hey, we are hiring for marketers, and maybe you want to apply, because you know I liked I liked the interview." Now he didn't offer me a job. Uh, the Hojar hiring process is a five-step process that everyone follows. So you have to apply, like everyone else on the website. You have to go through uh, a questionnaire, then an interview, and mm-hmm. all that. But I went through that, and that was while I had my consulting business. So I was burning out at this stage. The only kind of uh, silver lining was the, the interviewing. And I got this email from a company I admired. Uh, and I was like, this is my way out. I think this is my way out. And so mm-hmm. originally I tried to, to have a few of my ex-employees to join me, but there was no fit at this stage. So I decided to, to stop the business. It took me three or four months actually to, to wind down because you have to finish work with clients and, yeah. and all of that. And, yeah, I took a month's break because I was mentally exhausted. And then I joined I joined Hotjar, and it's been a year and a half.
0: Um, you, you didn't mention something that uh, I know from from your story in general, is the fact that Hotjar really appreciates when someone has a side project.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because,
0: you know, when... when uh, And I I want to hear your tips in general for people who are maybe just entering marketing in general, not necessarily digital marketing, or a specific uh, area of digital marketing, and they don't necessarily have the experience required to apply for a job.
1: Yeah. So, yes, like loves people working on side projects because it makes your brain still work on other stuff and because it's not only about work uh, 40 hours a week. Um, So, to switch gears from my own experience to maybe actionable stuff, that people can take away from this interview. Um, So if I was to start again as a a marketer wanting to be hired with very little experience, hands down the thing I would do would be a side project of any kind. Seth Godin will say like uh, make a spinner and spin the wheel. So just do something, Mm -hmm. do one thing, keep doing it. Even though you don't see any results right now, stop. Like it's it's only been a week, it's only been two weeks. Just fucking focus on the, the output instead of the input. This does helps a lot. For me, it's a weekly podcast, meaning I have to interview someone every week. I have a backlog, but it's every week. Yeah. So maybe start a newsletter, curating links once a month. Maybe help a charity promote their stuff. Maybe start a blog and write every day. Maybe start a medium publication, write every two weeks. I don't care what it is. You must, if you don't have marketing experience, you must start something on the side that shows that you can do something. You can start from nothing, Literally zero, nothing to something, and that's kind of the start of marketing. I think good marketers can take can start something from scratch with no credibility, to being anonymous, and turn it into something. Um, bad marketers rely on others and paid ads and all of that to make it happen. I think if you're a good marketer, you should be able to do that without um, without any outside help. And but that takes that takes guts. That takes a bit of time, but. This is the type of stuff that I appreciate when I hire, when I interview people. And that's the type of stuff I appreciate in people because it shows grit, you know? it shows someone' willingness to, to do something for a long time without seeing result. Uh, it shows someone' willingness to, uh, yeah, to stick to something, uh, to get out of their comfort zone and not just to read the latest Neil Patel's blog about growth hacking and all this uh, bullshit, right? So it's really about doing the work and when you see, you know, I was talking about psychology, few minutes ago when you see you put something out there and you see how people react mm-hmm. and then you get this feedback loop they react they don't react you modify your message that's what marketing is right marketing one on one so there are many ways you can do side projects but absolutely if you were to start if i was to start again uh, with no credibility nothing i would do i would do that i would interview people i would uh, do something and that's another tip if you're thinking of a side project and you're afraid mm-hmm. that you don't have any network and anything like this, leverage other people's network, straight away. So interviewing, this is why podcasts and what we're doing right now is super helpful. is because you're gonna interview me, I'm gonna share it to my network, and you're gonna learn from people who are much smarter than you, and therefore you get more knowledge, and, 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 and et cetera, et cetera, so. Many
0: people get like, okay, I should create a side project but what is the side project about? Yeah, I should demonstrate my marketing skills, it will develop my marketing skills, but how do they pick on what it should be on?
1: <sighs> You're not going to like the answer, but it's you need to just start somewhere and let it let it guide you. Because my podcast, I didn't start as a podcast. I started as a like a to on-site events Mm -hmm. about bootstrapping in Dublin, to a podcast interviewing marketers about no bullshit marketing, so, so you're
0: exploring by doing it. Yes. You're doing some you're starting somewhere and this is where the exploration yes. develops. And, and so. you can't
1: you can't you can't explore without doing. Like exploring in your head about all the pot- potential ramifications of your decision and having anxiety about what if I have a newsletter and nobody subscribes or what if I start a blog and nobody reads it. I don't care. Do it. You, if you keep doing it, you will get some results. Like that's there's no question about it. I know for a fact that if you keep doing something for long enough, people will notice. Obviously, it has to be good. But Mm -hmm. if you have a feedback loop that is very basic, you publish something, people give you feedback, you will improve, and that will start showing up. And that's Mm -hmm. probably the uh, the greatest quality of a of a good marketer is the grit, the ability to keep doing something for a long time.
0: For those who are looking for a job at the moment, watching the video and thinking, okay, I really want to join a hot jar, it sounds like a great company, what would be your three tips on how to stand out as a candidate, a marketer or outside of marketing as well?
1: Um, number one would be to really not apply to that many jobs. So, sort of Please don't, just shotgun shotgun applications, so I would much rather that's the basis of marketing as well. Mm -hmm. It's like the basis of micro niching, like niching down to the tiniest audience possible. That's also Marketing 101, which is if you really wanna be a digital marketer in a a company, then narrow down your search to a specific industry you like, narrow down your search to maybe a a specific site of an area, like maybe pay search only, and select the top five companies you would dream of working with and then tailor the applications for each. Your CV must be almost original for each, your, your cover letter. Uh, anything outside of the, of the norm, like sending something over the post or calling them or visiting them or, you know, it, that's when it l- gives you the time to actually think about an application from a marketing perspective, which is much more, you know, tailored.
0: So imagine one of those companies, they have followed your steps and one of those five companies they're focusing on is Hotjar Mm. and they want to tailor um, the CV the application in general the way you're saying what should they tweak so that it's actually
1: relevant
0: to Hotjar there's
1: no tips to make it relevant to Hotjar apart from being 100% yourself and and genuinely being 100% yourself and authentic so don't be afraid to admit your failures and mistakes don't be afraid Mm -hmm. to say that you don't know everything because nobody does don't be afraid to to say that you learn from others and books and experts and whatnot, um, and obviously if you take the time to, to reply to an application, whatever it is, Hotjar or not, it will show. I mean, you know, our hiring managers in Hodja go through tens or hundreds of applications every day. Trust me, like within two seconds you see straight away if someone took the, did their homework or not. And it doesn't have to be 20 hours of research.
0: So what do you look for in an applicant? When you interview someone for, let's say, for your team, well, the... what type of, um, you know, to avoid going into specifics related to a specific job posting, what type of, I don't know, personality or attitude or, well, qualities.
1: There is quite a whole job culture which is really about like no, no bullshit. In the sense that you know, you really want to be yourself. You really want to show your true colors. And whoever you are, wherever you come from, whatever, like whatever else is, mm-hmm. like showing that you're coming from diversity, whatnot, that's the number one thing, like to, to be truly yourself. Cause if you try to then tweak the application to make it more sound like you're someone like this, but you're not really, it's gonna show later on during the interviews and stuff. So it's not for everyone, that's the main thing though. Hodger uh, is not for everyone, like any other companies, it shouldn't be for everyone. So it only fits people who are comfortable working remotely, mm-hmm. so meaning that they are able to to create actions for themselves every day based on just a number to reach. So being very uh, autonomous is definitely uh, one thing. To be energetic when it comes to showing grit, as I mentioned, the ability to do something over time without giving up.
0: How do you spot grit in a CV?
1: Well by showing that you've done something on the side. I mean, that's Something on the side. It's so easy then to see. Like, if you, if you have the traditional experience of, oh, yeah, I've done two years as a marketer there and then two years there and two years there and then you move up, great. Okay, I, I, I don't th- that's a great experience yeah. and no problem there. But if I see someone who has done stuff on their spare time that I was successful in some ways, like a blog, a newsletter, whatever, that, sh- that tells me, hold on a second, this person without any resources managed to take something from nothing to something, that's marketing. That's really, what if we give this person more guidance, more help, uh, resources in terms of like money uh, to invest in campaigns. This person might do something mm-hmm. amazing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and another thing is to avoid those, all those you know so-called best practices in marketing or like trying to mention that, oh, if you increase the call to action size on your homepage, I definitely know you can increase conversions and all this kind of stuff, right? So, it's at we Really believe that it's about. Improving conversions or whatever else it is, like marketing, it's really about understanding people, right?
0: So getting a sense that they're not looking for shortcuts, but getting into
1: yes the stuff.
0: So you joined Hotjar as a content strategist, yeah, and later on um, you were promoted to content lead. Mm-hmm. How how did your um, like how does it what's what's the difference between being Um, an individual contributor and becoming a lead of a team, what skills are required to go through this transition?
1: Um, One of the main thing is when you become a lead or like a leader in a company, is to remove blockers and barriers for others. Mm-hmm. And so when you're an individual contributor, you tend to do that for yourself or to reach out when you want blockers to be removed. But you have to proactively do that for your team. Um, that's one. Uh, another one is to make sure that like, you put them first when it comes to you know, when it comes to positive stuff happening. Let's say you reach your target to be able to recognize them. I yeah. say this is because of you, not me. And when there's a fuck up, it's on you, not them. Uh, to a certain extent, obviously, they need to know that, but like praising in public and, and um, reprimanding in, in private is something also to be careful of that I do, that uh, I try to do as much as I can. Um, but like did, I didn't feel like you know within six months I'd grown from like, a strategist to a big a leader and all of that. I feel it's more it, that you discover what works with others and then there is one person that is more suitable to be in a leadership track. Mm-hmm. while the other ones can go into an individual contributor track and to be as compensated and to have the same benefit than a lead. So it's not really you're a lead, you're, you go in the leadership or you're not. It's more like which one is fits you the best. So I f- like we felt at the time that I had probably the, the qualities to be more in the leadership track than individual contributor because I could lead the team a bit more, maybe in terms mm-hmm. of communicating the big goals and motivating people. Um, but it doesn't mean that others who take the other track, which is the individual contributor, are not uh, uh, as valuable or more valuable than I am, because I have less time to do stuff to execute and, and because I have to help the team, so.
0: It's, a, it's an equally important and different journey.
1: Yeah, and, and exactly, and I, I, this is what I'm very proud of working for Hotjar, because they recognize that from the start where you really have two tracks, while in some companies it feels sometimes that you have to be a manager or move on to manager to get a raise and whatnot, while the individual contributors who might have mm-hmm. knowledge and expertise that is like beyond anyone else are really not being recognized as such. I think they yeah. should.
0: Do you w- actually? What does your usual week look like?
1: My visual week. usual week. Oh, Our usual. Yeah. Usual. Sorry. My usual week. Well. As you know, because we work in the same space, I'm a creative of But back-to-back, so I can't see
0: you all the yeah, time. I'm a creative of you sitting behind me.
1: So my wife and I wake up quite early. She has to go to work quite early, so I follow. So I would wake up, um, shower, walk, take <laughs> the bike. Don't more detail
0: than yeah.
1: I expected. <laughs> uh, take the bike, go to work. At 8 a.m. I'll be here. And yeah. then what I do is I prepare my week. Mm-hmm. So we use Asana as a project management software, and what I do is I pro- uh, we call it a sprint in in, in a hot jar, But I prepare my week from Monday to Friday. Yeah. What how many tasks can I actually do that would fit in the days? And um, and so from eight to twelve, I've realized that another thing that you need to be careful of when like to to listen to your guts and to yourself is I'm much more productive and uh, energetic in the morning. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I have a literally, a, what I call a, a focus mornings, morning focus I call them. So from 8 a.m. to 12, I have no meetings usually, no calls, nothing. Because I know that this is where I do my best work. So I really, yeah. and in Hodger they let you do that. They let you really, you know, if you don't wanna have calls, then you don't have calls, you find another time. So every day from, from 8 a.m. to 12, uh, morning focus. Then uh, I go to the gym after that, uh, once every two days, uh, I can talk more about that and, and how I felt that helped me uh, to fight anxiety a lot. And then in the afternoon usually calls and catching up with the, the team and, and whatnot. Um, and then I go back home.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being our guest today.
1: You're My you're guest today. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for taking the time to to listen to me.
0: Yeah. Um, thanks again for watching us. This was our third episode. and. More is coming out soon, see you.